Welcome. Welcome to the March Q&A, which is part of our pattern, our new pattern, the fourth episode of, of, a, of a month in which, you know, most, most months only have the four episodes. Um, due to miscalculation on my part, there are leap years and five Wednesdays. Daylight in, savings. In March. And so we'll be doing another episode next week that's about something. And we're actually just having a conversation about that now. But this is a Q&A. Leaning, got leaning towards media. Next we, week. Got, we got A's. Yeah, leaning towards media. Uh, you got Q's. We got A's. Should we start with some qu- quick hitters? We got a lot of questions. Sure. Favorite Lord of the Rings character? I feel like you're, oh. you're into like sci-fi and all this stuff, but I've never really heard you dig into Lord of the Rings. Is that not in your tops? Oh, it is definitely oh, right, in my right. tops. Uh, you know, actually, just I heard something weird about this the other day. Um, that I, I knew that they, at the very last minute, changed the casting on Aragorn. They fired the first guy and they brought in. Um, yeah, what's his name? Mortensen. Viggo Mortensen. Um, at the very last minute, he had like no time to train or whatever. Somehow, he picked up the sword shit, though. Like. Like there's been a few actors sure. that had to do that kind of stuff that that got way into it. Uh, Ewan McGregor yeah. for the Star Wars movies got yep. way into the whole lightsaber battle thing. Like yeah. it was just fun for him. Keanu's supposed to be Keanu, an yeah. absolute savage. Now, in if you see him in, um, oh my god, uh, Johnny Mnemonic, Wet Wired Brain. There's a bunch of fighting in that one, and he's terrible. Oh, but yeah, yeah. but they put nothing into it at all. Yeah, he's it, supposed to be into deep into it. Uh, don't quote me on this, but I think my sister's boyfriend's brother, cousin, relative. Yeah, I'm definitely not going to quote you on that. Is uh is a um professional driver and retired. And he now has a place somewhere in like Palm Springs or something okay. and he's basically part of like the Mercedes-Benz team or something like oh, that. Yeah, yeah. Keanu goes out there like every weekend and learns tactics from him uh oh, to wow. fucking fly around in his whips. Um obviously and I've seen similar things on YouTube with his yeah. the guy who practices or shows him guns and like cool reloads and how to right, do right, like, right. all this fancy stuff, which I, I do um I'm I'm not I'm into cars, but I'm not into like driving fast because I don't want to get a ticket or die. I'm into guns, but I'm not like Mr. Shoot 'em up. Um but like I the do res- of guns. Yeah, well, I'm just I, mean, I I I just highly respect that someone takes their craft seriously, right. uh, w- regardless of what it is, yeah. and so I think that's cool. Coolest reload is actually uh, uh, Henry Cavill in the Mission Impossible movie that he did when he had the mustache. Never saw and, it. Oh, you didn't see it? Oh my god! I don't I don't think I've seen any uh, Mission Impossible. Talking about movies I've never oh, seen. Oh, good lord! Yeah, I don't think I've seen any of them. <sighs> we need to fix that. I don't really like Tommy, Mr. Cruz. Oh, yeah. Just very punchable face. Well, Turn him on the screen. I, I don't really want to look at him. See, I I had been a longtime fan, and well, I did not love it? him in. Um, I did not love him in the first Mission Impossible movie because I thought that movie sucked. Yeah, uh, they don't really start getting good until like three or four. Oh, really? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, what's the other one? Uh, Top Gun. Top Gun. Never seen it. Really? Yeah, I heard it's sick. Oh, yeah, I've heard yeah. I'd actually like that one. Henry Cavill. Though in the Mission Impossible movie that he was filming after the principal photography for the original version of Justice League was done, I got an issue with the name of that movie too. Anyway, Justice League. Yeah, um, like he comes in from an explosion or whatever <laughs> during a fight, and he does this thing where he's like reloading his arms. It's very odd, Interesting. but 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 cool, cool. at the yeah. same time. Uh, Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Oh, okay, favorite Lord of the Rings. Oh, 
backing up yeah the digressions are strong in this episode right. already that's q and a's you bounce yeah, yeah you bounce. uh simon something or another the guy who w- who played speaking of tom cruise he played uh the vampire lestat in the sequel to Va- Inter- interview with the vampire never seen that either. simon campbell okay he was supposed to be aragorn oh and you're like some of the producers are like yeah we made a mistake we should have kept him in because he like is 20 years younger yeah yeah Viggo mortensen um, Viggo Mortensen is old now and and looks it. Like, yeah, yeah. He looks. Like he's about well. to go to the Grey Havens. Yeah, didn't go well. Um, Viggo Mortensen. Oh, my, my my favorite character, like my secondary favorite character, is is Aragorn. But my oh. primary favorite character is Samwise Gamgee. I think it's hard to go against Sam. It's a really strong vote. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I have one. Uh, I don't really if people ask me about Star Wars and stuff too in my favorite and I just kind of name some that I think are cool but I don't necessarily like have a favorite that I really attach to and kind of same with Lord of the Rings uh, Frodo Frodo Sam the Frodo Sam combo yeah. who's the ones that smokes the, the reefer Pippin <laughs> yeah a, a, either one of the uh, yeah they're funny yeah the one that doesn't sing, Mar- I think, Mary or Pippin. I think it's I think it's Pippin and it's I think Pippin. he sings and I think he smokes the the elfish reefer yeah. And, and he says, uh, oh, what about a second breakfast? And uh, I like that. I like Dom- second breakfast a lot. Dominic Monaghan. Oh, there you go. Yeah? Maybe. I like second B- breakfast. Billy Billy Boyd and Dominic Monaghan. I don't know which one played which. Billy Boyd's a little more rounder face, maybe? That's the only way I can tell the difference between them. One's a little bit more rounder, and then one sings. Billy Boyd is the one that sings. Oh, then maybe okay. he's not as Because he made up the song. He like yeah. one of them. Well, the I like that- them. Like them just fine. Yeah. I mean, I like Gandalf. It's hard not to like him. I kind of like Gollum because he's kind of psycho. One of my issues with Gandalf, however, is that like his power is always in reserve. He's not using it when he should be using it, and and yeah. like he is so fucking inscrutable. You don't really know what he's thinking or he's going to do or whatever. That's what I kind of like him. I think <laughs> I, I I'm frustrated by characters in anything where somebody has information and if they shared that information, it would change things. What about like Qui Gon then? Because Qui Gon, I feel like that similar guy. Because that's what right, like the gray Jedi that's is similar to Gandalf. To I never, yeah. I, I don't never, I never got into Qui Gon. No, but I'm saying he that was, that's maybe he was, you don't like him because of that. He was Qui Gon too quickly. Is the issue or Qui Gon? Yeah, it seems. Yeah, I, I would say Sam Wise is he, he's so lovable. He's yeah, so hard working. He's, he's, he's so the loyal. heart of the yeah, whole thing. He is. Yeah. But Frodo's. I like Frodo too. I feel bad for Frodo, and I think he's good. You know. Um, uh. <sighs> Boromir before the turn, yeah, is probably my number three. Okay, that's fair. Uh, yeah, even uh, probably Faramir number three. I, I liked uh, in the books. I liked uh, Legolas. Yeah, in, in the movies, I want to punch him in the face. Yeah, get the actor just yeah. because the actor. Yeah, but yeah, but probably. Yeah, you probably should probably just line up next to Tom Cruise and let me punch them both. Okay, but as a character, Legolas is sick. Well, what's his name? G- Gimli's sick too. I like Gimli. He's kind of he adds a little bit of the humor in there too, but he doesn't mean to be funny. He's just kind of yeah. grumpy. Well, the actor's also grumpy, so that, that yeah, it's uh, good. I mean, they're just such good movies. I think that's actually why I like those movies a lot because there's a lot of characters you can kind of like. Yeah, like Star Wars. There's no character that you know everyone hates. Jar Jar Binks. Oh, I kind of like Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> I think he's kind of funny. <laughs> I kind of like I like Darth Maul. I like Obi. The only one I actually hate is Teenage Anakin. He yeah, deserves no, also that, to get in my line of punching. Yeah, I think every version of Anakin it needs. You to don't be like punched. baby Anakin? No, I like little I like baby Anakin. Anakin. All right. No, he's so he he's he's precocious in such an awkward, no, annoying way. I like deep he, end Anakin too. Right, right before the switch, you know, he's kind of ornery. 
Well, you know, people didn't like Wesley Crusher in Star Trek The Next Generation because yeah. he knew too much. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't like Anakin because he knows too much for for a kid that age and talks all the time. That, all, he, all I think the it time. reminds me of me. I think. Maybe so. <laughs> I remember but you didn't a lot become of... Darth Vader, though. Not yet. I have the high ground, so. Uh, it, Obi's so good. I, Obi's probably my favorite. Obi and Darth Maul. Yoda. I'm. I was again Obi Wan yeah. in in the you know episode four the original Star yeah. Wars the real Star Wars. Uh, again, another character that knew, knew too more much, yeah. than he was saying in a way that would and not even the whole yeah. Luke is your like you know no, tons of stuff. he knew everything yeah he, yeah, knew, he everything. knew everything yeah like yeah, yeah exactly not even in retrospect like in the moment no, he yeah. knew everything yeah 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 he's wise yes he's wise yeah. um. <laughs> Yeah, no answer on the Lord of the Rings, I guess. I mean, there's answers, but... You don't have any... Yeah, all of them. I like them all. You like them all. Yeah. Well, I, I... I'll double down on your Samwise if I have Yeah, Samwise. Yeah. Uh, can you talk about more about the bars at your gym? Um, so, Third Street Barbell, Sacramento, California. Um, two things. Shout out to one of the coolest partners we've worked with. Um, I have a visual. I know. Oh, there it is. Uh, Aleko Barbell. Aleko, Aleko, Aleko... I don't really care how you say it, um, but basically the Ferrari Lamborghini of barbells, if you guys don't know, uh, we partnered up with them uh, to supply you guys some content and also to supply our gym members uh, with some barbells. So if you've been in weightlifting, powerlifting for any amount of time, you kind of know the prestige that come with these barbells, how durable they are, how good they feel, um, and they really are not even the gold standard of barbells. They're they're the elite ultimate level. There's some things in this world um, – not to bash companies, but like a Nike, where it has like this prestige, but Nike's really just kind of the gold standard. They're actually more just like the median of yeah. what a good sneaker is, yeah. right? They're good. Uh, Alico surpasses that in so many, so many ways. I know it sounds like I'm reading off a teleprompter. I'm not. Uh, but going into barbells, yeah, they uh, they sent us two really cool barbells. They sent us a, a powerlifting, uh, basically a practice bar, and the only difference there is that the knurling isn't as crazy, uh, so you can do some volume, you can do some reps with it, and you won't gnaw off your hands. Where their competition bar, um, same durability, same quality, it's just the knurling's a little bit harsher because you're only hitting singles in competition. Uh, and then same idea with the weightlifting bar. They gave us a nice uh, Olympic weightlifting bar that has similar, similar uh, textures, a little bit whippier, obviously, for weightlifting, um, and the sleeves spin a little bit better for weightlifting. Uh, knurling is good, really high quality, uh, but still just won't rip your absolute titties off. Um, and so we have some bumpers on the way as well uh, just to supply our team with that. So shout out to Alico for that. And those are, uh, again, like the best bars you could probably get in any sport ever. They're durable. They'll last forever. They feel great. Um, but we have multiple bars here. Uh, we have some quote-unquote like beater bars. We have some Texas Power bars that are solid. We have good uh, pieces of equipment. Yeah, three really nice bars from Kabuki. Yeah, we have a great Kabuki Transformer bar, which I've been using a lot and getting a lot of questions. Um, basically, the Kabuki Transformer bar took leverages from all the main barbell squat variations and put them into um, a hands-free version. So the most typical one is a safety squat bar, which many people haven't used, but it's probably seen. It has the pad that kind of U-turns around your neck, and it... Uh, Kind of emulates your front squat in some senses where it'll pitch you a little bit more forward. You can stay a little bit more upright. It puts a little bit more into your quads and back than a typical squat. Uh, upper back uh, makes it very difficult and kind of pitches you forward coming out of the hole. And so on the transformer bar by Kabuki, you can literally adjust and change the angle of the lever arm where you hang your weights. 
On top of that, you can ch choose where you put the weights further or closer to your body, basically your center point, to make it less or more difficult. Um, it has a goblet squat. Uh, feature, which is the furthest away, which is much like holding a dumbbell into your chest, which is a great way to get quads again, stay upright, um, get a good workout in with not adding a lot of weight because it becomes very difficult. It's kind of furthest away from your body. Uh, something that I use often uh, to teach people how to squat to begin with. If you hold something in front of you, a plate, dumbbell, kettlebell, uh, it allows most people to hit deeper depth uh, with just, is deeper depth a word? Okay. Is it? Yeah. Greater depth? Sure. <laughs> uh, well, feeling really good. They have a front squat feature, uh, which I did a whole cycle of. Feels really, really good. Feels very similar. Really works your midsection uh, and your quads, obviously. Then the safety squat bar. And these all are in order, not only by like difficulty, but how much maybe it allows you to stay upright. Then they have like a high bar, a low bar, and then they have one called hinge, which uh, is kind of for good mornings, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, so that's like the big um, toy here. If we have like a toy, because that bar can be used in so many ways, no matter who you're training, how you're training yeah. from strength and conditioning to your conjugate boys, uh, you can really, it's really, really versatile and, and high quality. Uh, we have a trap by, bar by them, which is open-ended on one end. Uh, so you can really do some lunges, stiff legs, single legs, all that stuff, and not get bumped or trapped in by the hex bar. Yeah. Uh, Another very versatile bar. Super versatile. Yeah. I'm not a huge trap bar guy personally, but um, again, I'm not training multiple things like a lot of people so right. if you're into lunges if you're into uh, a little bit more um athletic style training that's a great option uh we have a squat bar from kabuki as well which is the gold standard again in the top uh, level of, of powerlifting. uh most competitions uh, that are non-usapl or ipf uh, affiliated will use a squat bar especially for the upper weight classes it's a little bit thicker a little bit more uh, uh gnarly a little bit tougher and will handle more plates than your typical bar with less whip. Um, so for the big boys, I like to squat. Or if you compete in a federation that uses those bars, we have that as well. Uh, as well as any other kind of bar you can, you know, throw around. We got, you know, practice weightlifting bars. We got some regular power bars you can use for anything on top of all our machines. But that's that's the majority of our stuff. Eventually, we might dig into some other things. Um, but we built this place for everyone, but we built it based on our taste in a way. And so we want to have the highest quality stuff again with the Alico, the Kabuki, um, that you can use. And, and there are other bars that people flash around. There's these spider bars and cambered bars and all these things. But I think the application, um, starts to kind of have diminishing returns and there's less people that use it. So we may upgrade, we may get there, but they're definitely not necessary for you to build the best physique or best strength you want. Um, and that's kind of our goal here is to give you the tools to build those things. Uh, yeah, we also received a waffle iron from Aliko. Some people do not know. Happy Waffle Day. Happy Waffle Day is tomorrow. Uh, check our socials for uh, you know waffle-related content tomorrow. But uh, they started off as a small electrical appliance company and uh, and pivoted hard into uh, weightlifting at some point. And they sent us a cool waffle iron, not really one of theirs, I don't think, but I, it, it looks like one of the ones that they made back in the 50s. Yeah, I think they just stopped. I, I read a little bit more history on it, and I think uh, in like 1957, which is actually super cool. Again, going to people that like innovate or change or like just hone in on what they're about, mm. um, Alico basically invented knurling. Yeah. Uh, in 1957, bars were bending everywhere in the gym and you couldn't grip onto them well. And they saw the texture from the old school waffle iron that they made, shrunk it basically, mm -hmm. and put it on the grippy part of a barbell yeah. um, and made waffle style knurling. 
uh, that will allow you to grip the bar better without slipping and made the bars more durable so they don't bend every time you use them. Yeah, I don't want to hit this too, too hard, but these bars are beautiful, and we have actually yeah, haven't figured out exactly how our members are going to have access to them. I, I, I think, Fuck them, dude, just for me. <laughs> I think you may have to um, leave us with a significant deposit or something like to yeah. and, and during staffed hours only. Not a bad idea. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll see, because they are, they're, they're, they're expensive bars, they're valuable bars, uh, they're durable, so it is worth them using it, but I would just cry if I come in here and someone's rack pulling. Oh, yeah, I would, I would too. I'd have yeah. to, you know, we're close to the the river and somebody might not actually come Dump back them. from there give them some cement shoes uh exactly. but yeah so uh i don't know where we we're going but yeah so they invented the knurling uh and then i think in the 60s they basically uh started to slowly switch over to a full fitness company and again they've been in the olympics and um, powerlifting world competitions for years now so uh, excited to have those here uh you ready to get deep jimbo sure <laughs> uh these are these are maybe uh step uh side by sides okay what are you looking forward to this year? We're reaching into quarter two. Yeah. It's a good question. Uh, and if you could have anything in life by this time next year, what would you have? What would you want to have? I think these are really good questions. Uh, it's kind of cliche um, because how people send these notes out on the internet, but they do say like you underestimate what you could maybe do in five or 10 years and yeah. you overestimate maybe what you could do in a day. Um, and so I think th those are the first things that kind of pop into my head when this happens is what can, what can't, what's, what's, what's doable and what are the realistic goals, you know, in quarter two, three, four for, uh, for you, me personal or business. I, I guess I just always go business when I hear these things. I don't know why. Maybe yeah. that's cause I'm obsessed. Uh, <laughs> or, and then same thing with a year from now, like what, what does that look like for most people? And if you guys have never set goals out there, we talked about, I think, uh, one of the first episodes of this year, how, what, um, some of our approaches maybe to setting goals and what, what you should look like. Even even if you don't write them down, if you have something general in your head, I, I do think it helps uh, the day-to-day -day process of, of how you move. Yeah, goals versus plans, I think is what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, probably, I mean, one of the biggest things, I have no idea when it when it's going to be possible, but I want to see my grandkids. You know, they're 3,000 plus miles away. That That is very significant to me. Yeah, it's a good goal. I get to talk to them every every week on FaceTime, and they're they're a lot of fun, and they're a handful and whatever, but they're very, very far away. Yeah. And right different now- Different country. Yeah, different country, and if I wanted to go see them now, it would cost me like 17 days coming and going, not even counting the time- of actually visiting so yeah. like um that's and i looked thing. up flights uh just for shits and gigs not that i'm going anywhere and it's not like it's that cheap no if it was like cheap. 50 bucks yeah, yeah you know what i mean i think you can start to justify those 17 yeah, right. days of quarantine but it's right. like the same price yeah it's kind yeah. of the same yeah you're like well now i'm definitely not um looking forward to be fully vaccinated that'd be nice um i don't understand when there's anyway, I could go deep on this, but this is my stance. I'm getting vaccinated and I'm looking forward to being in that position and not being, <coughs> excuse me. I'm going to cough now. <coughs> quite so concerned. I should have gotten water for myself. Uh, quite so concerned about, um, about mingling with people. However, we've been very safe for a year. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to, from a business standpoint, being able to have uh, a like a meaningful event that we can bring the community into, I'm definitely looking forward to that. We're trying to do that in June. We'll see. Uh, but part of the whole baked in concept of this gym is being able to do, yeah. you know, 
events and have people be in good company. That's you know, and and have have enough people here at one time that they're that more often it's happening more often now. Sure. But people are able to like watch each other lift yeah, and train tra- together, train together, and and encourage one another and all that stuff. That that uh, that was part of the part of the plan. Yeah, that has been pushed off somewhat because um, kind of the way that it's worked out, uh, given our schedule, is that people space themselves out so they don't you know. And and I've said this before. Actually, I, th- I think I said this on Bridge to Bridge, and that episode is not out yet. But the people that we get in here are very serious about what they're doing. Yeah, they are busy the whole time they're here, and I think that's maybe a model of the pandemic. You know, yeah, and, and to a certain de- to a certain sure. degree, get in, get out with like a purpose. Yeah, yeah move with a purpose the yeah. whole time. Uh, I think yeah, maybe even the style of gyms like that too, where like you can be like social, but you can still get after it. Where the yeah. typical commercial gym, yeah, like the joke or the meme of people sitting on a machine for an hour yeah, on their phone. On their phone, yeah, yeah, it's just not a thing here. There's yeah. social time and there's phone time, and not that we don't post on Instagram and not that we don't do these things, but yeah, you, you move with a purpose. Yeah, I don't know sure. what mine are. Um, business wise, always ties in because my life is my business. Uh, and my business is my life. Um, unlike Jimbo, I don't have grandkids. I don't got a wifey. I don't really have much of that. Um, and family is obviously very important to me, but I, I do a decent job of doing that already. Mm-hmm. Like mom's starting to low-key work for us, and uh-huh. I see her when I can. So that's like that's part of my year goals on my goal board um, mm-hmm. to always make that a priority. But it's not as uh, – not urgent, but not as in my face as your situation. Like, yeah. I want to do this, and I can't do this. Uh, so for me, it's mostly just opening up what I do. And so I think quarter two, three, four of this year, which we're already implementing uh, for uh, the company, um, goes into kind of freeing up space and time for me to not only do what I enjoy, but I think what I'm good at, which is creating. Um, whether that be our apparel or our content or whatever. And so we're starting to put the pieces of the puzzle together so I can do that. And that's a big goal of mine. And Jim's been super um, helpful and supportive of putting those pieces in play, uh, employees and et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. growing that. So I, I guess scaling in some senses and allowing me to step back from um, an everyday role, which is the, the long-term goal for, probably for me in a year from now, um, to completely set my own schedule. And obviously – when you run a business, certain things come up and you just have to do them. And I'm always there and I've always done that for all my companies. But uh, stepping away from more desk hours, which we're already adjusting to, mm-hmm. but a year from now, I'd almost like to do none just because I don't think that's what I'm best at. I think I'd be better lifting and hanging out and spotting people and building right. that culture uh, and creating that culture and creating the apparel and putting more time into those even the thought of the content we make, YouTube, Instagram, mm-hmm. here. Um, and in that, in turn for that, that kind of like creates the life I want. So that's the goal, right? Like yeah. slowly edge towards the life you want. And for me, again, my life is my business. So to get more into the creative, less in the administrative, although that's always there and it'll always be there no matter what you pay your taxes, no matter what you're making policies, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm prepared for that. Um, but even even over the last five months that we've been opened, uh, you and I have not stepped away from those roles, but we've just put them in place so we don't have to deal with them as much. Yeah. Right? And that's been a beautiful thing to see and do. But uh, yeah, other than that, I don't know. I don't know. Um, find out what's next. Always be open to opportunities. As this has consumed your life, both of our lives, 
it will for a long time. But the more, again, policies you set up and, 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 and scaling you do and employees you have and people you trust, the more your mind can do other things. So whether that's with this company, with another company, life opportunity, travel, whatever mm-hmm. it might be, just allow myself as the world starts, excuse me, to turn a little bit to see more opportunity, um, even if I say no to all of it, but just to, <laughs> to see it again, you know, uh, because yeah. we've been so, one, we've been laser focused and yeah. the world closed at the same time. Right. Um, I think those are my only goals really uh, in terms of that. I, I don't know. You know, because some people are like, I want to buy a house and whatever, and I've been there. You know, I, I wanted to buy a house by when I was 30. Mm-hmm. I did that. Um, so I have other goals of that nature probably in a year, but those are more like five, 10-year goals, yeah. I think. Yeah, and I, I think that um, I thought we were talking about this yesterday. That uh, if you know when we when we're less concerned about the sort of day to day survival of of what we're doing here, and 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 approach some level of success, I, there are other things I would like to invest in in the community. You know, yeah. there are things right. Things, there are things to do that that right. uh, that would be awesome. Right. And, and, you know, money making things and and charitable things right right again yeah the kind of just the op- many opportunities yeah. we can't create these opportunities always because we're dug in here right and although we're getting freer with our brains and our times mm-hmm. um yeah that's kind of where that was much more precise version of what i'm thinking <laughs> and yeah step aside uh simple one jimbo is your gym open to the public our gym is open to the public i don't understand exactly what a private gym is i don't either uh, people say, oh, it's a pri- private gym or a private training I guess studio. invite only. I, yeah, or maybe. Or personal training, because I do think- Personal the, training is different, for sure. Well, I think that's what this niche gym style, and it, it kind of used to be, too. Not that it was private, but it was classes right back in the day. And so I think that style of gym, you have commercial gym, and then you have private gym. Yeah. And people don't know the in-between. Right. We're not a commercial gym. Um, we're a- Boutique gym, for lack of a better yeah, term, or niche yeah. gym. Right. Um, but it's built in. Is, what's boutique mean? Because it comes with like a bougie sense. Yeah, boutique is. Uh, it's a usually elevated, right? Small, smaller audience. Uh, sure. Because yeah. I don't want to be I'm that a, bougie gonna, guy, but we are that. that bougie guy. But yeah, so we're a boutique gym that's open to anyone. And, and everyone who, who wants to get better and prove themselves with the barbell or physical fitness. That's our goal. Uh, our background is obviously weightlifting, powerlifting, strength, sports. And so we have that crowd here that like to compete and push themselves. But if you're looking to be around like-minded individuals that like to have a good time and get better, uh, this spot is for you. Third Street Barbell, um, 3SB.co. Uh, and that's kind of built into everything we do. So, uh, yes, it's open to the public. Yes, we're open, open. Yes, you can come by. All our info is on the website or Instagram. You will friends. actually love this definition. This is definition number two is yeah. uh, a business or establishment that is small and sophisticated or fashionable. Sophisticated and fashionable, I like because that doesn't That's have to be bougie. You know, like yeah. I say that too. Like, and there's memes going around. I just saw one today. I should have screen capped it, but like they show, uh, you know, some. Ch- chick that looks like she's in LA wearing all Gucci and Prada and all this stuff and says poor over her head right and then it says some celebrity like dressed in sweats said this person is rich yeah because right? and same idea I like to think is like you don't have to be rich or spend a lot of money to be fashionable style doesn't have a price point like it has to do with like your creativity and how you express it yeah. like my clothes well this was free thanks Omar but even underneath is like a 10 year old vintage shirt I bought for 20 bucks yeah obviously our sweats which were also free but point being is that I think I can be very fashionable and express myself and make things match and look cool yeah. and look good and feel good about it and how I look in them 
and I've never bought a hundred dollar t-shirt. Just because you can buy a hundred dollar t-shirt doesn't mean your fashion more look good. Yeah, my my I have I talked about this. My theory about why uh, why rich people buy expensive things because huh. they have too much disposable income, and so they. They have to spend. They're gonna. You're gonna. Everybody's gonna buy certain things, right? You're gonna sure. buy a car. You're gonna buy a house. You're gonna buy clothes. Yeah, whatever. But then what do you do? Yeah. If you have too much money, then you just spend more yeah. money on those things because, you know, it turns into fucking Brewster's Millions after a while. Not you know, only that, like, but then you you you. I think people do that with cars too. Like, um, and I, and I probably offended some people when I did like my dream car and I posted my nine thousand dollar. 30 year old bmw but like you make up for your your lack of taste or fashion or sophistication Mm -hmm. with a price point yeah right like i like cars i love an e30 that's why i bought one it was nine grand yeah most people's cars that's listening to the show car probably cost more than nine grand probably so you know what i mean it's not like man i got money and i want to show that i have taste i'm gonna go buy this ugly ass expensive car which is like you said like very common um yeah, and whether it's yeah, social, whatever, norm, status, I don't really care or need that. And I don't need that with my clothes either. Yeah. Uh, big meeting, small meeting, fancy restaurant, not, I'm probably going to wear my same outfit. My my current vehicle is, is my favorite car ever that I've ever owned, and it cost me $25,000. Right, so like, right. Because you like it, you like cars, you like what this car had to offer, not because of the price point of that it, car. For It's it's fast, but I'm not going to mod it. I don't drive that fast that often, but I can right. if I need to. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's fun to drive in the hills, whatever. Yeah. Um, what do we got? Want to get my personal training business online. Any advice? Boy, I don't have any advice there other than... Trust yourself over... Who, somebody you're going to buy a course from because those people are, are out to sell you and some of those people actually have no business really to speak of at all other no. than trying to sell you something yeah so to make like to sell business yeah I and mean, this, this it really comes back to to what we were saying before um last week uh or i think it was last week that if you are yes it was last week if you're if you're starting a business and you need to know what that business is about and you know what you bring to it that's different than, than other people and you need to know who you're trying to sell to. And if you can answer those questions, the methods are all pretty much out there. Yeah. Now those things are a mystery. And the, the first few questions are the ones that only you can answer. Yeah. Yeah, that's where I was going to kind of go is you have to bring value to where you want to go. So if you want to be a coach at Third Street Barbell and you're approaching me and Jim, we don't have coaches, by the way. This is an analogy, yeah. uh, metaphors. Uh, if you want, if come to me and Jim in a meeting and tell us how you bring value to our community, right? If you yeah. want to bring, if you want to make money and do business online, how can you create an audience by giving value to an audience online? It starts to be a different audience than you at your commercial gym or you mm-hmm. wherever, right? At a commercial gym, it's easy because you're giving, you know, example here and this is like kind of cliche stuff they teach you when you're a personal trainer in a commercial gym which i was for six years but like re-rack weights walk the floor give tips be nice if someone asks you a question help them for free right same kind of stuff online um, but now obviously your audience is broader um, and like jim said not only 
why or who, what niche you fit online, but I would ask yourself even deeper, why do you want to go online? Is it just because you think you can scale and make scale, more money? Yeah. And that's fine. That's fine. But know how and why you're doing that. Yeah. Uh, know that actually it gets more difficult because there's more online coaches also. If you are if you find a really cool niche gym, boutique gym in your neighborhood, you might be the only coach there. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden, right, you, it's not as condensed as it is online with so many different coaches but know why you're doing it for yourself know why you're doing it for the niche online um be honest with yourself and then uh yeah how do you give value and how do you build some kind of an audience there because everyone says that like dude you can charge so much more and all you do is write an email a week well if that's the reason you want to be an online coach as opposed to in person good luck uh yeah good luck (laughs) if you're looking for a cheap and easy way to make a lot of money yeah, buy lottery tickets. <laughs> good, yeah, good luck with that because it, it, you know, there, there's always work. I actually have gotten, I got this very same question from somebody a couple of weeks ago, and this person uh, had lost a lot of weight and and kept it off. Excuse me. Um, this is the problem with it. Now I'm not going to cough. Now I'm going to burp. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Diet Coke will get you every time. Um, I'll probably edit that out. Anyway, uh, had lost a lot of weight, actually looks good, has kept the weight off, is a good-looking guy, presents well, does a lot of straight talking to the the camera videos about with information about fitness and whatever, yeah, whatever, whatever. And he's like, what do I need to do? It's like, well, I can't think of anything that you need to do that you're not already doing. You just need to keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah, because there's a there's a little bit of luck involved with everything you do. Yeah, right. And and, and some of it, like uh, the longer you do something, the the more you understand which things have value and which things bring you clients. And and you know, for a lot of people, the most cost effective thing to do for building a client base is word of mouth. Yeah. So yep. you know, offer incentive to your to the people that you're currently training, and get them yep. bring them in. You know, coach your best friend for free, do yeah. a good job, and he's going to tell his friend, and he's going to tell his wife, and then his boyfriend, and then his girlfriend, and then blah 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 blah. But I think that the thing you should not do is if you're trying to develop any any business like that is don't throw yourself entirely into it. Like have some kind of Income, <laughs> right? Well, so it's, so you're not desperate, and you're not doing desperate and stupid things like that, and like DMing a bunch of people blindly, yeah, yeah and then and pitching them. It's like, yeah, you need to have the confidence to be able to say, "Hey, I do this thing, and I'm pretty good at it, sure. and I think I could help you." That's different than getting into somebody's DMs, and the third message is a pitch, right? Yeah, but, yeah, I think too, and how you phrase the question makes it seem that you have in-person training also because it says move online um because if you're just trying to coach online because you think fitspo and instagram's cool uh it's not uh and then two hopefully that would be my advice to anyone trying to be a quote-unquote coach online or content creators coach in person first and then this guy if you do coach in person like jim said why not do both and what what, what's your why if it is just to create more time I understand that because, yeah, you can critique multiple videos and write multiple programs in an hour where typically you're dealing with one person in an hour in in person. But you can find different ways to do that, too. You can do small group training in person. There's a lot of different ways to be creative and and make money while still adding value. Um, And that's part of the niche I think you need to make yourself is how – not niche yourself out like, I'm the kettlebell guy. Like niche yourself out as in like I give the most value for my $10 for – 
the half an hour of my time. Yeah. Two other thoughts. Um, one of them is maybe you need to work for somebody else doing online training for a while. Yeah, That'll, that's that a great will, idea. That yeah. will tell you whether or not you actually have the temperament for it. Or because, like it. Yeah, or like different. it. Because not everybody does. Yeah. You know, you it's might, a lot less fulfilling. Yeah. Because you're not, you're not seeing yeah. the results in the same way. Uh, you have to have a personality that, that fits with that. And then another one I would say is look at the people who are actually successful and not try to mimic what they do, mimic what they did that capitalizes on their personality and their yeah. strengths and figure out what thing that you know is your strength that you can capitalize on the same way. I got to look at uh, somebody like Jordan Syatt. Yeah. Jordan Syatt is not someone with uh, with an advanced education in in uh, in training other than what he did himself. So he doesn't have a degree in right. whatever. I don't know if he has any certifications. I think he, he did made, to begin with and yeah. he did some internships. Yeah. But he yeah. did a bunch of he did yeah. a bunch of very self-directed like yeah. autodidact kind of yeah. kind of stuff. He didn't it's not like he he he's not a PhD. No, yeah. exactly, not. But PhDs refer to things he says because he's very intuitive about how people actually uh, operationalize fitness in their lives. Right, and absorb the content that he puts out exactly. rather than talk about anatomy. He talks about realistic application. Yeah. So, I mean, Jordan is somebody that we like because he, he, it's not bullshit. Yeah. Things he says are not bullshit. Yeah, they're based in evidence, but he doesn't feed you articles. Right. Yeah, I, I work with, with um, Lane on his podcast, and Lane references Jordan relatively often because yeah. it's so, his, his advice is so brass tacks. Yeah. And, you know, find that thing for yourself. And if you don't have one, we talked about it last week. If you don't have a thing, then yeah. maybe, maybe not. This is not your thing, right? Well, that's part of the whole nature of any business or anything. Like, you kind of have to like do the work and kind of eat shit for a while. And I know that's like a typical term. Like, I don't mean you have to be broke and sleeping in a closet, but like to run a gym, you probably have to work at the lowest totem pole of a gym at some point. You have to sweep. You have to mop. You have to... i done all that. You, to, to be a coach, you have to take the crappy client. You have to learn from those experiences mm. of not getting paid much, someone taking all your money, yeah. <laughs> and you handling very difficult people. To train, the, to, to train LeBron James, you have to train the middle-aged person that doesn't want to be at the gym mm -hmm. and find a way to find them success to work your way up. And not that someone hasn't just gotten their certificate and trained pro athletes. They probably have, but that's an anomaly. That's N equals one. That's not the likelihood. So you can learn from all these little experiences. And obviously that's a cliche too. Like there is no failure. There's just lessons I learned along the way. There's definitely failure out there. With that. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but you can really learn from everything if you look at it at those opportunities. Um, and sometimes that's years. You know, I'm still learning. I'm 12 years into the fitness industry, being a coach, being a business person. And I'm constantly still, again, going back to our last metaphor of like guiding my ship in different ways and, and, and navigating uh, how I approach things and how I talk to people and how I create content and how I how I communicate different concepts to different people. So it's a long, long, long journey uh, that never really stops. And that yeah. goes to, yeah, whether you enjoy it even. Don't, yeah. don't just hop in because you think it's pure opportunity. Right. Because if you enjoy it, the people, you can tell, going to Jordan, Jordan's a great example. You can tell like Jordan uh, like likes making content. He makes funny content. Mm. He always seems happy on there. Like it's not fake. And I've hung out with him in person. And obviously, I'm sure there's times he doesn't want to turn on the camera and talk to it as every creator. Yeah, in case he has some of the same anxiety shit that you and I yeah, do. Yeah, so. yeah. Like that's the whole world. But, but 
Um, he wouldn't put so much of himself into it if he didn't enjoy it. Right. And you can feel that from the world. So make sure and that you can feel that from a, cl- a client can feel that from you too. If you're sending yeah. half-assed emails, if you're not responding on time, all these things. So um, not that I'm the guy that says you must chase your dream job only and build the life you want to live and all that, but you will be better at your job if you enjoy it for sure. The rest of the questions suck. You guys suck at asking <laughs> questions. No other good questions. There's a lot of like injury questions and stuff and like everything I would just uh, refer to a doctor or PT. I'm not going to answer those online why you hurt your shoulder, pec, or knee or ankle because I, all you gave me is four words. How do I fix my ankle? I don't know what the hell's wrong with your ankle. You need to go to someone who yeah. uh, actually produces that kind of content yeah. and ask them. And- yeah, a professional. And chances are you're probably in this talking about being brown. You're just being a pussy. A lot of you don't know what pain is. And so just because you kind of stubbed your toe and twisted your ankle, you'll be fine. There's no miracle product that's going to fix it, no miracle workout that's going to fix it. Just walk around on it as much as you can. Don't cause more pain, then you'll probably be fine in a couple of days. And if you're not okay in a couple of days, then definitely go to a professional. And that's how you judge whether you're injured or you just have a little bit of pain. We all have a little bit of pain. I um, I did want to th- – actually, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a – a QA pass on Lane's <clears throat> episode for this week. Um, I don't remember the name of the guest, so forgive me, uh, guest. But uh, is, is talking about a study that was done on uh, uh, time restricted eating. And this guy is intermittent a, fasting. He thinks. Yeah, this guy's and he was a, a fan of intermittent fasting, and, and he set out to do a study that kind of proved that intermittent fasting works better. Yeah. And that's not really what it shows. Physiologically so or adherence-wise? Everything. Oh, interesting. Uh, so anyway, I'm, I'm highly recommending that people um, listen to that episode. Uh, on a episode-by-episode basis, Lane typically gets more downloads than we do, and so I'm, I don't know why I'm promoting him. I should be making him promote me. God but anyway, um, <clears throat> my point being... That sometimes you go into a situation uh, with a bias and you're trying to prove a particular thing and what you end up finding out is that you were confused about the reality. Yeah, I wonder how often, though, that person will change their mind. Well, and that's the thing. The question is if you were open-minded enough to go, oh, no, hmm. I don't think evidence is enough for the majority of people to open their minds. I could be right. Yeah, just because just based on things I read on Twitter and Instagram, and even you know in our community, which you would think is fairly evidence based, whatever that might mean on Instagram, you, I still just see myths and shit or or things I read online. Like everyone's like ten percent there, like they know calories matter, but they don't know why or how or you know they'll say calories matter, but you got to eat broccoli and not this and not asparagus. Like what you know? Like there, it's always I, I don't know what. No one, no, like we've talked about either, you, you've never just convinced someone of something. If you're for gun or anti-gun, I've never gone to you and said, don't buy guns. And then all of a sudden you're like, you're right, I'm not going to buy guns. Guns, yeah, I don't to deserve that. to anybody of anything. It's never happened. It, most people double down on, on what they're doing. And, and that's why I I'm, I'm just ask questions to people. And I, I like, I can actually do try to consider myself open-minded. And like, all right, well, if that, but then, and, you know wiggle around these things but um i would just be surprised if someone is so intermittent fasting you could throw every stuff i mean if it were the case then like all these like keto zealots and and intermittent fasting and and 
drink this powder and, and apple cider vinegar is still a thing. <laughs> you know, like those wouldn't exist. Yeah. Evidence shows us it's not doing shit for you, you well, know, but people yeah. are still on this train because they don't care about evidence or, or, or maybe they just, they'll, they'd rather listen to, um, who's one? Who's a Suzanne Summers? They would rather listen to Suzanne Summers' diet advice than yeah. read evidence. Or yeah. they'll, even if they do read both, well, Susan says, you know, all right, you're right, Miss Summers. Yeah, uh, yeah, I see what you're saying there, and I think that's true. I think that probably a good half of the industry wouldn't exist if people. No, way more, <laughs> way more. Seventy-five percent more. Ninety percent. I think the Lane Norton, us, you know, the Jordan Syets, the we're five percent of the actual industry. I mean, fitness industry is what. Helms, the, oh yeah, yeah, no, poor. They're the best. They're the best, and that's why I'm glad we're in this niche and that we're slowly spreading, but. I think it's nine. I mean, what is the industry? Two two billion dollar industry or something? The fitness industry it's and health. Good, uh, I guess you might have to define those is different, but yeah, it's fucking huge. You don't see Eric Helms and Lane Norton on on Health magazine in the store no. or fitness, whatever. Yeah, yeah. they're not there. It's no. some either juiced out person or some soccer mom, Suzanne Summers. Well, d- despite being shake uh, weights, yeah, shake weights made more money than me, you, Eric Helms, and Lane have ever put put, put together. And it was all based on bullshit. That's no, the there's thing. zero, but, but, yeah. But people, oh my God. Yeah, like, uh, um, okay, here's one. The the whole uh, uh, blood glucose, continuous glucose monitoring. Yeah. Yeah, well, the the science is really not there on that. No. For, for if you're not a diabetic. Or if it is there, it's it's misinterpreted. Yeah. Because there is something to the glucose index, but like- it's tested on fasted folks. Right. Otherwise, white potatoes would be very bad for you, according but, to them. But people people who are diabetics are using con- continuous glucose mar- monitoring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is very good for keeping them out of trouble. They're playing a different game than we are. But but if you're talking about optimizing, yeah, who knows? Yeah, they're playing a different game and, than we and, are. And the, the devices are just not accurate enough sure. to give you that kind of information. and. And blood sugar is a very wiggly thing. It's very mercurial. Yeah. Well, and what they do is that, that people are looking at like the micro of that. They're looking at the micro interaction of, of eating white potato um, on a fasted human being in your acute blood sugar response. But humans don't work that way. We don't work in 30-second increments. Yeah. What you ate yesterday, what's in your gut, what you what, did you move, did you not move, right? Like it's a 24-hour continuous thing that affects how our body reacts to different things. Yeah. The same idea as the cleanse. How many cle- there's there's more cleanses that make more money and are more popular in the industry than our niche. Just um, cleanses I'm, alone. I'm sure that that's true. Yeah, it's insane. But I mean, uh, you drive around town here, there's like six different juice cleanse stores with storefronts. Yeah, really. We know how much expensive it is to open a business here. Yeah, like they got to be selling cleanses to somebody. Yeah. Well, and, and sort of the bottom line of a cleanse is that, like, after you've taken all the dumps, then your gut kind of feels a little good because it's sure because it's empty. There's no pressure. Sure. Whatever. And, and you Unless only it, drink juice for a week, yeah. and you've been eating Mickey D's nuggets. Yeah, you probably lose some weight. Yeah, <laughs> but but. Uh, feeling better and actually being healthier are right. different things, right? Because well, we, that, feeling better is is very much like an emotional response to a condition. It's and just not, so not logical. Yeah. Like you've been eating McDonald's once a week for ten years. 
And you think six days of carrot juice is just going to make you skinnier, yeah. healthier, and look better? It's not going to not going to really fix anything. There isn't a short. I don't know. See, this is the problem. Like uh, all of the money is in fooling people. No, one hundred percent it is in everything, in every aspect, and probably other industries that we just don't know as well too. And cars, cars are the same thing. Yeah, yeah, like all of it's like that. Well, what's crazy is that is the the whole continuous glucose monitoring thing. Like, I don't even think it's the companies that make those monitors who are behind. You oh, know, maybe not. The fascination with it. I was yeah, maybe talk, not. talking recently to someone who was like, hey, uh, and I said, hey, you know, like this is the who was like really I'm like I think I want to do that. I want to try that. It's like yeah, but you realize that like. Like you are not the right person, right? Because you're, you're it's not, not made for you. Yeah, it's not made for you. And it's like, yeah, but I, I think I'd. And, and there's like, and the and the monitoring isn't great. Shout out to Kevin Bass, who I got this from. Um, um, regardless, you're not going to actually learn anything. It's like, yeah, but I think I'd really like to try it. Go it's ahead, like, yeah, dude. Go ahead, Timmy. That's fine. Knock yeah. yourself out. But it's not. Well, and then placebo and how you can control your mind. Right. We can convince ourselves psychology. Everyone be like, oh, psychology is not a science. Well, fuck you. Psychology shows and proves that we can make an argument and prove anything to ourselves. We can change our own minds on anything. We obviously change memories. That's something very well known. Oh, yeah. We hide, suppress, and change them, or, or, or purposely or not. Yeah. And so you can easily convince yourself, like, carrot juice made me feel better, look better, look how hot I am now, or, or this glucose monitor made me, oh, my God, my blood sugar is great now. Look at me. I, I ran a mile in 10 seconds faster because of this glucose. Like, you can convince yourself of all yeah, these things if you literally want. literally physi- physiological changes from placebo, so it's like... Yeah, even if you know, there's studies that show if you know it's a placebo, the placebo effect still works. Right. So... We're all fucked, and you're a bunch of idiots out there. Not you guys listening, but probably everyone you know. Not specifically you. But, no, but, but, but use. You, yeah. My dad used to say use guys. Use guys? I don't know but if that's from, a Midwest thing. He was from- Ohio. Ohio. I think Ohio gets the shit from Boston and Chicago. Maybe. And so the accent's right there in the use, middle. Use guys sounds sounds very- Like wisconsin maybe? No, it sounds very New York to me. Uh, well, uh, well, they're right there in the middle. And then Pennsylvania, I think you get all of it. I think you get all the sh- shit accents. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. I'm going to go eat lunch. All right. Um, we're going to wrap this one up. So probably media uh, uh, review next week. Appreciate you guys something. as always. Uh, 3sb.co. Check it out. Shout out to Aleko for uh, for taking care of your boys. Check them out at Aleko.com. Um, they have a bunch of different products, uh, kind of anything you want. But if you want the best, train with the best, uh, that's probably what you should look at. Um I'm Salamike, anywhere you want to find me. Third Street Barbell on Instagram with a 3-3RD Street Barbell. Uh, new content coming there soon. And new clothing drop within the month. So within four weeks. Teasers coming soon. Appreciate you guys. I am at the Jimmy D. I know the social media is. Uh, this show is 50% facts. Where percent is a word and 50 is just numbers. And uh, we'll catch you next week.